Welcome to the As Yet Unnamed podcast with Jeff Perswell, a podcast to help pastors connect theology to local church life. And now here is Jeff with your host, Mickey Connolly. Well, guys, welcome to our uh, podcast with Jeff. Um, If you've listened to uh, the one with CJ, the ordinary pastor, uh, we don't have a name for Jeff's. We couldn't come up with one. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a contest uh, for well, you actually, guys. You you told me today that we needed a name for this, and so I'm happy to try to come up with a name. I'm not sure. Yeah, I you're wanna, not. I'm el- not sure. I want to throw this to the. Guys. You're not eligible for the contest. So <laughs> so here's the prize. If you can come up with a I name, think I am being interviewed here. So I for, think I, yeah, think I have right. a, you're just, the right to contribute. I, I'm the interviewer, so you okay, just do what good, I tell you. Good. Um, so here here are the prizes. If you get the name, so the only you have context, a choice. You get to tell me what to do. <laughs> you have a choice. Either an autographed picture of Jeff that you can hang on your wall, yes, or you'll get no. I'll buy no you suggestions. the complete works of John Newton, four volumes, nice. which will pastor and serve your soul. So, get to work on coming up with a name for what we'll just now call the unnamed podcast with Jeff Perswell. Um, so, thanks for doing this, buddy. Yeah, uh, you're you are going to serve our pastors. What I said with. Uh, CJ's is true for you. Uh, Sovereign Grace has always existed to serve local pastors Amen. so that they can better serve their local churches. Amen. And this is what that's about, too. So we want to talk about theological discernment. Uh, last April at the Mid-South RAE, you did a message on theological discernment, which was superb. So just to just to start us off, first of all, what is theological discernment and what got you thinking about this? And then why is it important to Sovereign Grace pastors? Why is this topic, why are we starting with this one other than I chose to? Yeah, we're starting because you asked to do this, <laughs> so that's the real reason. Uh, yeah, what, what got me thinking about this? This has actually been a growing burden of mine for, I'd say, a number of years. And it's a category that I think congealed uh, over time. I, I could probably date it, uh, part of it at least, to seminary days. Uh, I was blessed with a very rich seminary experience. Um, But one of the things I was struck by there, um, especially upon graduation, was a couple of things. One, how little I felt I knew, having studied Greek, having studied Hebrew, having studied church history, Old Testament, New Testament, ethics, um, church history, how little I really felt I I grasped. how little I felt like I had my arms around. And, and the frightening prospect of myself and, I have to say, guys I was graduating with being unleashed upon people in pastoral ministry. Uh, I've, I've also been struck uh, by on a number of occasions of observing uh, outstanding theologians, guys I know, uh, outstanding in biblical knowledge, outstanding in uh, philosophical sophistication, uh, outstanding in abstract formulation, but in, in certain cir- circumstances, being remarkably naive in evaluating circumstances, in perceiving pastoral implications of, say, a particular practice. Um, so I, their theological knowledge, the ability to teach theology, is not necessarily equated with, uh, to be equated with uh, theological discernment. And I also would say, for those of us in Sovereign Grace, uh, and that's the audience that, that we're talking to. The, the season of turmoil that we went through over the past few years clearly uh, 
I, I think, raise this as an issue in my own mind. Um, we don't, it, it, it's easy to respond. We, we can respond, uh, we, we can know theology, but, but not necessarily uh, allow that theology to, uh, to govern the way we respond to certain situations, to govern the way we make certain decision, decisions. We can, uh, I think, we can respond instead of theologically, we can respond emotionally. We can be informed by or driven by fear or offense. Uh, you know, how will my congregation respond? How will people reading, you know, our blog respond, uh, etc.? At, at times we can respond on the basis of relationship. We can elevate relationship over theology or biblical precept. Uh, obviously, leadership can be pragmatically informed rather than theologically informed. And so I think all of that is sort of combined to give me a burden for this, to make me want to think about this. Um, there, there's not really a, a you, know, you can kind of think, well, what, you know, theological discernment, where, where's that in your Bible? I'm, I'm not sure that there's a single biblical term for this. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this just yesterday. Uh, I, I think I'd call what I have in mind, you know, theological wisdom. Um, you know, theolo- in other words, theological discernment, it, it presupposes content. It presupposes a body of doctrine. It presupposes an understanding of Scripture's teaching in its various facets, its various relations. But I think we all know this. It's more than that. A person can read a systematic theology. A person can memorize their theology and pass a test. But it's altogether different to be able to apply that doctrine to various situations, to discern not just Scripture's content but its, its emphases, its goals, the, the direction that scriptural teaching aims us. Uh, to discern its proportions. Uh, I tell guys in the PC all the time, we don't want our theology merely to reflect Scripture's content. I think that's what we can focus on. But we also want our theology, our theological framework, to reflect the proportionality of biblical teaching as well, discerning what is primary, discerning what is secondary, how these things relate. Uh, you know, I, th- I think of uh, Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1, you know, the, the wonderful prayer where he talks about uh, having a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and that having certain effects in our lives, that, you know, the hope to which he's called us, the, that you may know that hope, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. So uh, what I love about that is that the knowledge of God there results in certain things. It results in wisdom. It results in perspective. It results in faith. So there's life-shaping, perspective-granting, heart-forming effects that theological knowledge in general, and the gospel in particular, is supposed to impart to us. And I think that's what I have in mind. Good. Uh, Just give us your quick one-sentence definition, just so guys can have that... uh to go from yeah yeah that, I think in that message that that you're referring to I, I, I came up with a definition uh, for theological discernment and uh, I, it's written down here I'll just read it the the impulse and ability to view all of life in terms of the truth of scripture in general and the realities of the gospel in particular excellent okay. that, that that's I think that gets it uh, for uh-huh. me in other words to, to be able to view all of our lives our circumstances our churches the lives of those we care for, all of ministry, uh, all that we say in the pulpit, all that we say in the counseling office, all that we sing in our songs, viewing all of that in terms of the truth of Scripture and specifically the realities 
and entailments of the gospel. Um, I don't think there's anything more important to what we do as pastors. Certainly not our gifting, certainly not our experience, certainly not just practical wisdom, certainly not mere doctrinal knowledge. Uh, the impulse, so it's got to be an impulse. Not everyone has that impulse. Yeah, before you, before you talk about ability, yeah, how do, you, how do you get and keep the impulse? Well, I, I think it's something that, that we hopefully grow in over time. Um, yeah, we hope this interview will help. Well, hopefully. <laughs> uh, I, I think the, the main thing about that message, my, my main goal for it was, was not to be able to unpack everything perfectly, but at least lodge it as a category. Uh, and so uh, I, I think it, it's a discipline. There's a discipline to be able to say, okay, I'm going to... It, it sounds so mundane. Um, and I'll just tell the guys, whoever's listening in, when Mickey wanted to interview me about this, I said, why? This is so obvious. But uh, it, it does sound obvious. But there is a discipline to to make ourselves... And we do this together. We do this together on teams. Uh, that That's what's vital, is that, that we're thinking about things theologically. We don't just plan a Sunday meeting. We think it through... Theologically, we don't just plan, uh, you know, a church calendar. We're thinking through our priorities, theologically, biblically, um, and so I, I, I think it's a habit we get in. I think some people have the impulse more naturally. Um, I, I think it's something that can be developed over time, uh, but um, it, it is it, it is there is an impulse there that I think needs to be uh, needs to be. Cultivated, uh, I think if it's it, if it's lacking, I think we need to identify it, because um, we all have different impulses. We all tend to go different ways. You know, my immediate one's immediate uh, response to a situation can be relational. One's immediate response to a situation can be pragmatic. Um, we want to help each. We all want to help each other grow. And no, I'm going to think through this. In terms of scripture in general, but in particular the realities of the gospel. Yeah, yeah, those, those are good categories um, to to draw a distinction. Do we approach this biblically, theologically? Is that our first impulse, or relationally or pragmatically? I, I think that's really helpful for guys. It it, um, it 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 it's a helpful distinction, um, and then. For sovereign grace pastors or pastors in particular, you you stated in the message, the pastoral office is fundamentally and inherently theological, and then Van Hooser and Strawn in their book, I think that you recommended, Pastor and Public Theologian, put it this way: theological minds belong in ecclesial bodies. So, could you just elaborate on that, both you and and those guys? Yeah. Um, the importance of the, I think the, the point was the average pastors need to be our best theologians in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I don't want to put words in their mouth necessarily. I, I, what, what they're doing in that book is reflecting upon their observations of evangelicalism in general. Uh, uh, and which for those of us in the States, certainly, uh, is so often ah theological. Theology is assumed in, in many denominations. Uh, uh, a, a seminary degree is a required credential, uh, but it's not necessarily applied. Um, and so it, it's, it's particularly not applied to pastoral practice, to the doing of ministry. 
And so they're, they're speaking into a context, I think, where so much that is offered to pastors in terms of pastoral methodology, pastoral help, pastoral tools is, is, is pure, unreflective methodology. Um, and, and pastors who are weary, pastors who are discouraged, pastors who haven't seen the fruit they'd love to see, they've prayed for, they're, they're vulnerable to such things. They're, they're vulnerable to assuming that, well, I've done seminary, I'm preaching God's word, um, it, I'm not seeing the fruit. So they're vulnerable to assuming that the answers, that real answers, enduring answers lie, well, I'm just doing something wrong. Th- those answers lie in methodology. You know, they're missing a secret that uh, will solve their issues, that will bring growth to their churches. And I, I think what, uh, uh, what Kevin and Owen are trying to do there is just hopefully expose that. Uh, that it's a mirage, really. Um, and it's, you know, we could talk about this in so many angles. It's so often it's, it can be driven by unbiblical expectations. I mean, we... We just—that's the air we breathe here in America. American expectations that the church will always go from glory to glory. It will—it should always be growing, always exhibit pros- external signs of prosperity. Uh, it's like America, bigger, better, expansive, demonstrably untrue biblically, uh, demonstrably unbiblical expectations. We want to see growth. We know that the gospel is not going to fail. We know that God is going to gather his elect, yes, but to define that specifically in terms of numbers or statistics or mere external signs, well, obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're unable to do that. So um, that's the context that they're speaking into, I think, and that's the context, I think, that we're vulnerable uh, in. Having been in Sovereign Grace a while, and uh, I I think our heritage is is somewhat different. Uh, Well, I think it, I know it's different, and I'm grateful for that. Um, What, what, that that quote, what did you say? Theological minds belong in... Ecclesial bodies. Ecclesial bodies. Yeah, I, I, they're saying, that's a nice way to say something that's rather clear in Scripture, uh, which is the, the job description of an elder. What is an elder to do? Um, and when you look at, uh, as, as our guys listening will know, uh, you know, most of the elder qualifications, they involve character. There's one that uh, is specific to a pastor that not everyone in their church is, is to cultivate or to pursue, and that is 1 Timothy 3, to be skillful in teaching. Uh, Titus, in, in Titus 1 uh, in, in particular, he, he, he says that the elder must uh, hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. Um, and so uh, to this moral list of qualifications, you know, he, Paul adds this theological dimension, but there it's it's a bit more specific. His his focus, his foundation, they must hold firm to the trustworthy word, as it is taught. And that that word, quote unquote, in the pastorals is the gospel. Um, uh, in, in the gospel, all healthy doctrine, as Paul says, sound doctrine, it's all related to the gospel. Well, we're, we are, as pastors, we are to hold firm to it. We are to be devoted to it. We are to be immersed in it, uh, which sa- says a lot to us as pastors, doesn't it? There's an intensity of devotion in view. It's not a matter of duty, tradition, indifference. It's a matter of life and death, uh, life and death for the pastor, life and death for uh, the church. So, uh, elders are pastors are to hold firm to that, and then then Paul 
adds the purpose for that devotion to the gospel. Uh, it's so that we can give instruction in sound doctrine. So there's that the positive side, the elder, the pastors, first and foremost, a teacher, a preacher, one who nurtures and leads the church in an understanding of the truth of Scripture. That truth is the the, the, the non-negotiable. Uh, that truth will protect the church. It will strengthen the church. That truth will lead the church to thrive, to prosper, to flourish. Uh, so uh, to, to do what we're called to do, uh, to, to foster what God wants to do in the church, that the, the mechanism for that is the word, that, that trustworthy word. And then the, the other reason Paul says there in, in Titus 1, 9, he must be able to rebuke those who contradict it. Uh, so uh, when you put that together with everything else that, that Paul says to, uh, to Titus and to Timothy, uh, devoting yourself to sound doctrine, um, uh, preaching the word in season and out, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all patience and all teaching. Um, Paul speaks about uh, the, the understanding the pattern of sound words in uh, 2 Timothy 1, uh, that, that God's word has a pattern to them. They're self-consistent. They form a framework. They're, you know, they're complementary. They're mutually reinforcing. So we're to discern that pattern and grasp it and follow it and teach it. Put all that together, and you come up with something very simple, and uh, which uh, the, the book you referenced uh, states really well. The, the pastoral office is fundamentally theological. It's inherently theological. Therefore, our leadership is inescapably theological. Um, so that's just who we are. That's just what we do. God doesn't modify the pastoral office based on our preferences or based <laughs> on our personalities, or our predispositions. That to which we're called is governed by, informed by theological convictions because it's the thing that we have to give to people. It's it's God's word. It's all we have to offer. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just to clarify, and I, I I think you've touched on this, but we want to be real clear. So theological discernment doesn't just have to do with preaching, although obviously it does have to do with preaching, but it has to do with how we bring scripture and theology to bear on every aspect of church life. So in our counseling, in our ministries, what we do, why we do. Theological discernment is across the board, right? Yes, yeah. It's it's how we yeah, it's how we view every situation. Uh, are we are we looking at every situation through a biblical lens? Are we look looking at every situation through a theological lens? Um, are, are we interpreting? So if I'm counseling someone, um, I mean, and again, I feel like I'm preaching to the proverbial choir here. But are you know are we viewing people in theological terms? Are, are we viewing their situation in theological terms? Uh, how are we viewing them in relationship to God? Uh, what God is doing in them? What God is doing uh, through them? What uh, God wants to do in and through them, etc. So, I, I, and I would go beyond just personal ministry, even into our structures. Uh, do our, do, when we 
uh, are strategizing, for instance, in mission, when we're strategizing for uh, structuring our church's membership, when we're building structures through which grace flows to people, where people can uh, grow relationally together, where people can be equipped, etc. Uh, are we thinking about those things theologically? Uh, one of the things that uh, the PC guys will hear me say a lot is that uh, we're training them to do theological ministry. And what I mean by that is we want every methodology we use as pastors, and, and so we're trying to cultivate this in them, we want every methodology they utilize as pastors to be governed by our theological convictions, to be informed by our theological convictions, to be built upon those things. So ministry, uh, structures, uh, methodology, it's not atheological. Um, it's, it, it must be governed theologically with, with theological... It, that doesn't mean there's only one way to do things, uh, and that's going to look different in different settings. However, um, the place we start in thinking through structures and thinking through pastoral strategies is how does Scripture speak to this? What uh, goals would Scripture provide for this? What parameters for this particular application would Scripture provide us? Uh, what most honors Scripture, uh, and what most uh, accomplishes biblical priorities, not just priorities we may come up with as a church. So, yes, both from teaching ministries, personal ministry in the counseling, in, in the counseling room, as, as well as our structures, uh, all of that, I think Scripture would, would uh, press us toward thinking theologically about, about every facet of it. Excellent. All right. Thank you. You've done a great job. We're going to pick this up next month. Uh, same topic. Uh, but for now, guys, thanks for listening. Um, if you have topics you'd like me to cover with Jeff or questions you'd like me to ask, send those in to me. And then don't forget our contest. The winner of the name, the uh, podcast contest, autograph picture of Jeff or uh, life, uh, John Newton in four yeah. volumes. So choose. your choice, boys. <laughs> they may get the prize. They may not. We may not name the podcast with their name, though. We'll just pick the best. Oh one. no, we're not going to say you named it. We'll there give them go. their prize, but yeah. we'll use the name. Yeah, we might credit it. Yeah, we might. Okay, but good. Who knows? All right. Thanks. Thank guys. you all. All right.